Okay, so we're recording and we'll start it here. Welcome to Warriors, Bars, and Brews. I'm Sarah. I'm Chloe. And we have Jamie with us who is showing off her weapons. And that's the clinking noise you hear in the background. Hi, Jamie. Hi. <laughs> this is your third time on the podcast. Yes, I'm very excited about that and I'm honored. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, clearly you are, as you said on Twitter, a fan, a friend of the show. And like, I, let's be real, you were from like day one anyway, so. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and okay. so this is part of our 25th anniversary guest extravaganza. Um, so we're asking our friends and associates to come on and discuss an episode and we let them pick it and you picked Vanishing Act. Yes. And we just watched it again this morning and I forget how fun it is. It's so fun. It's ridiculous. So first question, why, why this episode and what about it uh, appeals to you so much? Um, well, I know you were on season three and I definitely wanted to do a Bruce Campbell episode because I feel like I have a lot to say about him. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, the action figures. <laughs> a lot of different uh, Bruce Campbell accoutrements. Amazing. Oh, um, where'd you get the Necromicon? That is awesome. That, I think, came with a uh, a movie collection. Oh, that's so cool. But, uh, yeah, and uh, the other episode that you hadn't done for season three was uh, Tsunami. Tsunami? Yeah. Yes. Um, and that involved people being stuck in a small enclosed space for long periods of time uh, while death approaches. So I, uh, I didn't feel like doing that one for some reason. Yeah, I can't, I can't um, imagine. There's nothing going on in the world that would make people claustrophobic about no, being no, inside no. and confined spaces. <laughs> and I, I, I said this the last time, I love cheesy humor. I grew up watching slapstick and Three yeah. Stooges stuff and... Uh, that uh, that always appeals to me, so I thought this one would be a good uh, a good lightning good thing to lighten our spirits. Yeah, and uh, you, you've talked about that where Xena goes from goofy comedy to intense, you know, misery. And uh, <laughs> this is definitely an episode that you know this is a harbinger of doom. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> but it, def it definitely goes to that extreme of silliness, and uh, yeah. I love that. I had that in my notes, actually. I was just like, oh, this definitely f follows the pattern. It's like, Tsunami is like kind of kind of tense, but still like, you know, like super intense and like horrible to watch. It's just like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And then, yeah, this is just like bonkers. And then the next two are sacrifice one and two. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Super cheery. Yeah, super cheery, super cheerful. So <laughs> and much fun. I think Adventures in the Sin Trade moving into the next season. So yeah, oh, God, <laughs> it's a lot of doom and gloom that. for a while. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really happy you chose this one because for some reason, I don't know, maybe I was just like really tipsy and not paying attention when I watched it last because that, we, we, did, we, did. we did a very tipsy Xena watch through for several months. <laughs> and um, I, I didn't realize how fun this episode is. We literally like shriek laughed multiple times yeah. watching it this morning. Um, it's totally delightful. So I'm happy that you inspired me to watch it again. Yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. it might have been one of those ones where we're like, mm, don't really remember this one. Maybe I'll skip it. So I'm no, glad. I would have made us do it because it okay. is autologous. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I do love how it starts out with like, you know, the very majestic sunset and the silhouettes, like Zeno standing proudly with her stuff and Gabrielle with the staff and like, yes. And then it's just like, it has this air of like seriousness and finality and this is going to be a big one. And then it's just like a fucking like, free for all with slapstick and jokes and I'm like you really set us up to be like well this could be no this is not oh yeah the dramatic scenery <laughs> the is dramatic like off the chain and in this the beaches episode. and everything yeah. and like lens flare <laughs> it's one of those ones that really makes you want to go to New Zealand yeah yeah for sure 
Yeah. Or ancient Greece. <laughs> Both, yeah. At this point, I will literally go anywhere that is not East Vancouver. <laughs> Speaking of, where are they supposed to be in this episode? I know at some point they're supposed to be in Mykonos, but they're all over the place and they're wearing kind of like outfits you might see in like a Middle Eastern country, but at the same time they're speaking in like weird Eastern European maybe accents. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's 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 Xena though. Like, it's true. Ancient Greece. <laughs> this is a time of ancient gods, warlords, and kings. So <laughs> It's just, it, there's the, the dissonance in this episode with the location and the accents is particularly intense, even, <laughs> like, yeah, even, even for, though, even I for mean, Zena. they're putting on, they're putting on the accents, obviously, to be in character, but, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know that they know where they're supposed to be from. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched it, and I, Gabrielle does an accent in this one, and it, it feels so much like someone who was given this script of broken English and okay, say these lines and don't offend anyone. So it's just, it's very, very to the point. Yes, I go over here. Yes. <laughs> I'm very happy. And it's like, this is not, <laughs> good job. Good, I, I feel the effort in there. But, uh... A little dicey, maybe. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. She also changes accents about five times during that whole scene. <laughs> the whole fucking episode. <laughs> yeah. It's a local accent to this part of the world, which is a mishmash of everything. So yeah. She was, she was going for that authentic town experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we should do like a quick synopsis since we're not doing like a live commentary thing. So the whole thing is they're in a town uh, to hear a speech from the mayor, Adar, um, about uh, Pax, the um, peace god who who helped like this war end with these villagers, um, and then surprise, surprise, the statue goes missing, and Atalicus is there dressed in drag as a grandmother. I don't know. <laughs> Zena sees him and assumes he stole it, and then it, it comes out that he didn't steal it, so he has to go steal it back, and it's this whole vengeance thing with his brother being killed by this warlord. And we don't find out. We don't find out that until. Later. Uh, was killed by this guy until later on. They mentioned the death, but Autolycus doesn't reveal yeah. who this warlord guy is until later. Yeah, so that then it's like Zena agrees to like work with him like in his way to get the statue back. Um, and it's just, I, I have a note that says like, this feels like they're not necessarily acting so much as they are playing at acting because yes. it looks like they're having a shit ton of fun. Yeah. Oh, like it, it looks like they're just like, let's just fucking go and let's roll with the stupidity of this. <laughs> and I mean, Lucy and Bruce have such a good personal rapport and you can, it really comes through in this episode. I really love uh, the dynamic in this episode. I love that Xena is like, oh, fucking Autolycus and is, <laughs> you know, makes up all these characters where she gets to basically bully her minion <laughs> who is like Autolycus in disguise and she's you know, bugging him the whole episode, but then when she figures out that it's this guy that has killed his brother, and, you know, she's like, okay, we definitely got to do whatever we can to help him. Yeah. She's just really protective over him, actually. Yeah, it, it shows the friendship they actually yeah. have, and it shows that Xena is, like, once again, like, on the redempt redemption arc, and, like, she's she is, at her core, a good person. Who, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they... they she talks over and over oh you're a good guy in disguise you're actually a good guy and he hasn't really done anything too terrible um generally no um, he just steals shit <laughs> yeah 
mean, thievery is not, I'm not going to condone stealing, but like in the right situation, like, yeah, stealing is sometimes okay. But yeah. like in the scope of what other people in the show do, I mean, he's pretty <laughs> stand up. For sure. I can see your cat in the background. Hi, McGrady. Yeah. Um, he's so loud all the time. I think me being home this whole year has made him louder. Oh, good. But Zoom calls, he's been very quiet. And I think that because he hears other voices, maybe. He <laughs> you got anything to say, buddy? What are his thoughts on Bruce Campbell? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. I'm only six. I can't talk. <laughs> I have to comment on uh, Mayor Adar. The guy who plays the mayor is like probably one of the worst actors they've had as an extra on the show ever. Oh, I liked all oh, his early morning scratches. That was gross. <laughs> really gross. I was like, oh my god. I'm like, why does she have to make him so gross? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he was reading cue cards the entire time. I'm just like, is could they like was the actual guy they had hired not available all of a sudden, and they got this guy just like some like sound boom guy was just like. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, whose dad is that? Yeah, yeah who lost a bet? <laughs> Speaking of uh, Adar and Pax and all that, I'm like, you know, the episode two minutes in, Zena and Gabrielle are split, splitting up because Zena has some business somewhere and Gabrielle has to go to this speech. And it's the speech which is all about like, oh, it's a peace festival and she's got to go listen to like the guy talk about peace. And it's like, of course, fucking Gabrielle would be going to this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She seemed very, very at home in this crazy town where everybody's dancing around a statue in bright colors. Um, it reminded me of that scene in The Bittersweet. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. And I think that's because, and I don't know, I've been a, a background performer and extra in, uh, in a few things over the years, and I don't know what it is. You could take the most seasoned actor and put them in the background and say, okay, walk back and forth twice and wave hi to somebody, and they turn into like this musical theater, hi, this big <laughs> outlandish performance. And I've done it myself. I don't know what happens, but it's just, you end up doing this terrible mime routine. And I found that uh, very, very evident with the, with the background scene in this one. But yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody was yeah. very extra. <laughs> I felt like they all kind of watched the Amazon dance from like season two. And we're like, we can do that for this festival, right? Yeah, totally. We'll just, we'll just copy that. <laughs> it all felt a bit culty in the intensity. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's if Gabrielle's Again. there, there's probably a cult somewhere. <laughs> probably well, at least cult adjacent. Cult adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, you know, like the secret when you like bring things into your life, you just manifest, she just manifests cults wherever she goes. <laughs> like Xander and demons. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I have to, I have to comment the, uh, that video I posted of, I think it was Seamus and you could see, you could hear Buffy in the background and you were like on it, like, oh, it's Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> I was like, shit, that was like three seconds of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Buffy a lot of times. I mean... I yeah. yeah. I mean, we all know that Joss Whedon sucks, and yeah. the show did not age incredibly well, but it is kind of comforting to have it on in the background while you're doing other things. I think, yeah, yeah and we've talked about this before, I think the last time I was on, where, you know, even if the uh, the writer or the creator is a huge shitbag, <laughs> uh, you can still enjoy the stuff that's out there in the world to a point. Yeah. Um, there's certain people I definitely am not giving any more of my money to. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> JK Rowling. <clears throat> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> in case that was jo you know. Joanne Karen Rowling, yes. The Supreme Turf. But there's a lot of other good stuff out there too. Um, yeah. Yeah. We had the conversation last night with my friend, like, when do you separate the art from the artist? And I was like, with some people, like Amanda Palmer is just so up her own ass. Like, it's just, I can't even with her. But her first solo album is brilliant. So I listened to that. But I don't really, like, give her any more of my attention or my energy. Because I'm just like, man, you're just not worth my time. Yeah. And then there's someone like um, Woody Allen, who I won't watch any of his movies now. I just, yeah. It's, no. There's it's being, yeah, there's being, like, a huge, you know egotistical twat and then there's being yeah. like a rapey pedophile yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah there's there's layers to this yeah <laughs> for sure yeah and then speaking of ego i love how autologous is to hey segue look at that um autologous <laughs> wants to go steal the statue back because he's like i don't know how they did this and therefore i'm pissed off maybe i'm not the king of thieves so fuck this guy <laughs> i love a good heist and that's just a touch of what this is yeah not I mean, they're stealing something back and they're basically making one giant um, diversion so he can, but uh, it's still fun. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what, what, this, what would this be classified as? Because it's not like a typical, like, let's plan a big heist and, like, profit off of this or, profit, or do something, you know, it's not like an Ocean's 8 kind of thing. No. It's like, you're stealing this back to, like, avenge your brother's death, but also do something good for somebody, but also you want to soothe your own ego? It's a romp. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes. And I do like that Atolicus genuinely seems pleased that he's able to, like, make the people of this town happy in yeah. the end. No, he's a good guy. And yeah. It's, it's nice to see. Uh, first he's time a thief with a heart. Sorry? He's a, he's a thief with a heart. Yeah. Xena yeah. actually has a line in the... Um, in the episode where what did she say oh tarsus may have created the thief but it was malicus uh his brother who gave the thief his heart and when she says that he looks at her kind of like yeah you're right yeah i do appreciate how he basically like badgered her into agreeing to do this by just being like well you took over my body and he listened to gabrielle whining 24 hours straight about how much he misses Zena. <laughs> and she's like all right fine fuck jesus Christ. <laughs> she's like i have no argument <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's pretty annoying. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I owe you big time. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Gabrielle is always like the kind-hearted or the one who has the most compassion. And then so many people are just like that annoying sidekick. I know. <laughs> it's like I don't know. She's a little bit of like, <laughs> she's a little bit too peppy, maybe. But you yeah. know, she's not so bad. <laughs> Yeah, she's a little, I think, I think I've heard her described as, like, the plucky sidekick, and I'm like, that's, that's fair, yeah. but I mean, like, the whole point of her thing is she's a bard, so she's supposed to, like, build up the hero and, like, be a hype man, essentially, so, mm -hmm. yeah, she's probably going to be a little overzealous sometimes, <laughs> which is to be expected. Yes. I was going to say, I wonder if she has a complex about always being called the annoying blonde. <laughs> Maybe. That could explain a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be annoying. I'm going to be peaceful. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. didn't work out again. Well, let me try, try this again. cult. Maybe, maybe this cult will work. Oh, and it's so much worse. Oh, okay, try again. <laughs> let's try a new tries. cult. She always tries really hard. So yes. hard. <laughs> Too hard sometimes. <laughs> so I, I love the um the the slapstick in this. Like when Zena like drags him down the gangplank, and it's like this extended like bam, 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 coming down, and uh, this the this the the comedy 
in that and how they play it is so good. And I do appreciate them sitting on the, on the dock talking about like Autolycus and all the stuff that's going on. And then he comes up out of the ocean with like the, like the scuba, like the old style scuba gear on. And I'm like, so Xena also invented scuba. <laughs> Not very well. Cause you can see right through that thing. I know it's holes. full of holes and I'm just like <laughs> I did not quite comprehend what was supposed to be going on there and how that was supposed to help <laughs> it was like was that the only way they could get light in there so you could actually see his face or did they just make a scuba suit full of holes I was gonna that was my question for you because like you you got some knowledge about this like you know acting and like scenes and stuff like with those kind of props is this is this stuff like because they need to light it or because they need to have something work or is it just like this is all we can fucking do we're gonna go with it i'm gonna say it's probably a combination okay of those things um yeah i think lighting and getting the right take makes a lot more difference than people think i think um you know you could do the best take the best line read of your life and if the lighting is not good or if the camera's a little blurry then they you know they'll use the other one and you might not see it until the movie comes out, which is, it, it's a weird, it's a weird process. <laughs> and there's a million people um, involved in, in making a movie or a TV show or anything, but, but you could see right through it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm one. like, that's not like he's, it's he, so you know, when he takes the thing off, it opens a little like glass window. You can't see through that. And there's things for the holes. Like when he comes out of the water, you can see water pouring out of it. So I'm just like, how did he know the boat was taking the statue away? Because, like, he, how did he actually see anything? <laughs> how did, seem efficient. And how did he just cut, like, get the scuba suit, like, so yeah, readily? Where did it come from? <laughs> I, I imagine he has a closet of disguises somewhere. I was going to say, I think he must have, like, a tickle trunk or something that he kind of, like, brings along yeah. with him. I think he's just a good swimmer, and that was the aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, statue was stolen by boat, and then um, the so the, the disguise number one. They have to go talk to the harbor master to figure out like who took it. And a the accent Bruce puts on is <laughs> like generic Eastern European villain. And was Armenia even a place back then? Like, is like we're trading Armenian antiquities. I'm like, okay, a how old are these antiquities? Because you're like ancient Greece, and like <laughs> was Armenia real? <laughs> oh no. I'm gonna Google that. When did Armenia yeah, I mean, form? I don't really know the history of Armenia, to be honest. I think there's a creative license, and it's probably the the biggest creative license in the world that just encompasses yeah. Armenia as a whole. <laughs> um, yeah, who knows? We like being nitpicky, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many things that I don't think that cre show creators, you know, even 20 years ago thought that people were going to watch these over and over and over again to the extent like DVDs weren't a thing. You might be able to get a VHS with three episodes on it. Um, but the replay factor has changed so much in our lifetimes mm -hmm, that yeah. uh, I think uh, especially little nitpicky details on anything that's older is uh, it's really interesting to me. Because as so many things that would just be like a throwaway line and then nobody's going to, you know, worry about this down the road. But now we can watch everything. <laughs> and people, you know, you can gif, you know, three seconds of an actor's performance and see every little move on their face. So you have to be on all, you know, throughout your entire thing. You can't fake it, I think, as well as you used to. Um, which yeah. goes, you know, it shows the, uh, 
the brilliance of some older performances, but it also shows a few gaps. It's true. Um, 100%, yeah. So as I learned several years ago when I made nonstop Xena gifts, Xena is very gifable. Yeah. <laughs> so they did a good job. <laughs> you, you let your actors use their full range of expressions, and that's, yeah, that's good. You know, there's... Yeah. They, I, that was, again, Joss Whedon talking about um, the Marvel movies that he directed and the women not being able to look too angry or too upset and just, you know, have this stoic, one tear down your face uh, performance. And that, you know, it just, there's, it, it's, I'd rather see someone, you know, well, you know, be angry and snotty and gross, but mm -hmm. actually feel the emotion there. Of course. Um, yeah. So I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, if I'm going to watch a show, like, I want to see the emotion. Like, if I'm emotionally invested in a character, I want to see their emotions. Like, to use Supergirl as, as an example, um, like, Kyler Lee just, like, fucking goes for it a lot of the time. Like, the scenes where um, they find her dad and he's working with Cadmus and there's all that stuff. Like, you can actually, like, the, the heartbreak that Alex is going through is, is tangible. And you can, like, and you can tell that Kyler's really putting everything into this, and it's not like it's not a pretty scene. It's not a, a fun thing to do, I'm sure, as an actor to like fake cry through all this, and you have to go through a lot of like steps and emotional processes to get to that place. So I have to appreciate all this stuff. So when Joss Whedon's like, "Don't be fucking emotional," but I'm like, "You're stifling creative people, and what you're doing is taking away from from like the good you can get out of them and the good you can put into this project." For sure, it rounds out a performance when you can see all of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I suppose, yeah. You, yeah, you can use, um, I think they used, Xena in the beginning of the series was really stoic and Lucy played her that way. And I think that there can be certain instances where that's like on purpose and for a reason, because I think that, you know, Xena really let herself feel a lot more after Gabrielle came into her life, but it just takes a little while. So I think that's kind of one instance where, okay, it makes sense that she's really stoic and, mm -hmm. yeah. and has this progression. Yeah, it shows, you know, the depth of character, but it also, it's a big trust, it shows trust in your actors mm -hmm. um, to, to know that they can go to the extremes and people are still with that. Um, that's what I found um, in Schitt's Creek. Um, is a really good example of trusting your actors just because you can go over the top and sometimes it is too much and sometimes it is you know you do have to rein people into you know the whole the whole scene or the whole show and you know make it fit but um, I think if you let people do their job if you let actors do their jobs <laughs> you know actors not necessarily movie stars but actors mm -hmm. yeah. even if they're hamming it up and for comedy and stuff like that then I think generally you get a better performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and it's, I like that you made a, like a difference between like actors and stars because I feel like someone like I don't know like Tom Cruise like that's that's a star. He, I don't I don't consider him to be like an actor, but someone My, like uh, oh sorry go like ahead. someone like Ian McKellen like that's that's an actor. I had a teacher who talked about uh, personality actors versus character actors, and a personality actor is Tom Cruise, and that. You know, mm. no matter what movie you're going to watch, you're going to watch a Tom Cruise movie, and he's going to be Tom Cruise. Um, whereas, you know, you see a character actor who, you know, really gets into it, and it's, there are different, obviously there's a lot of different ways to act, um, but a lot of personality actors, and I'm not saying method acting is 
bad necessarily. There's some people that use it and do it very well, mm -hmm. but a lot of people take that into, you know, there's a, oh, I wish I remembered which actor it was, but it was an actor who was acting with um, Dustin Hoffman and Dustin Hoffman had to be out of breath for a scene. So he ran down the street and came up and, okay, now I'm out of breath. Now I'm gonna do my scene. And the other actor, I wanna say Peter O'Toole, but some, you know, high, you know, quality actor mm -hmm. was, was saying, you know, it's a lot easier if you just act. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I, I know Bruce Campbell has said something about method actors too, where it's, it, it, and it is, it's, you know, you're putting your whole self into that. and. Sometimes a casting director is looking for that. Sometimes you want Tom Cruise if you need, mm -hmm. you know, stunts and emotional running. Um, yeah. But sometimes you want someone who will actually encompass that role. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> Acting is a craft and, you know, you can get away with, you know, a pretty face and a thin body and probably go very far, but there's a million other people exactly the same doing that. And, uh, some of it's a lot of it's luck, but there's a real skill behind it. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I say yeah. as an actor or former <laughs> actor or somewhat actor. Because we're talking about acting, and you know, you're clearly a big Bruce Campbell fan. So, what what draws you to Bruce Campbell and his acting so much? Um, well, I did grow up watching Three Stooges, as did Bruce Campbell. Um, the first, I think, I saw Bruce Campbell first in Xena. Um, and Hercules, the occasional episode that I'd watch, um, and Lois and Clark. Uh, he was in, he was in Lois and Clark? Yeah, he was some guy. Oh, wait, I have no memory of that. I haven't, I don't think I've seen that even. It's, I remember liking it as a kid. Yeah. I don't know if I want to watch it again, but. I mean, Dean Cain's kind of an asshole. Oh, I think he's a complete asshole. <laughs> yeah, but, he's <laughs> That's disappointing to 12-year-old me, but eh. Terry Hatcher, I think, is okay, which is, you know, not disappointing yeah. to 12-year-old me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I liked him in this. I liked the slapstick. Um, I was on vacation with my parents. Obviously, I was like 11 or 12. Saw Army of Darkness on TV. Thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I love I, my favorite kind of horror movie is the cheesiest, goofy horror movie. Um, so I came home and rented The Evil Dead, thinking it was <laughs> Army of Darkness, and uh, traumatized myself a little bit, because uh, those are not the same movie, and uh, not something that a very fragile, uh, imaginative 11-year-old wanted to see. But a couple years later, I watched uh, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness again, and then, oh, figured that whole thing out, um, and then became a little obsessed. Um, I liked that he grew up and made films in high school and college with his friends, um, Ted Raimi and being one of those friends, and sorry, Sam Raimi being one of those friends, Ted Raimi being the kid he babysat sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bruce Campbell came out with a book which I'm holding right now. Um, <laughs> sorry. And uh, in 2002, I, I got him to sign it for me. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Uh, a very cool event that I went to, which, which was just a book signing, but he's exactly what you expect him to be. He's loud, he's very witty, he's very funny, and uh, yeah, has a lot of good stories about 
being, you know, it says a uh, confessions of a B movie actor, and that's, you know, he's he's done well for himself over the years, but uh, it's hard to make it as an actor when you're not a movie star. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I loved his stories. I loved you know getting into filmmaking um, ish <laughs> as you know a nineteen year old. Uh, and and yeah, I also loved bad movies, which. Uh, <laughs> I think he's we share that. Movies, but he's yeah. been in a lot of bad movies too. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, Congo. Um, oh, for, oh so God, that was so bad. I watched that for him. And he wasn't <laughs> even in it. He was in it for a minute. Um, yeah. And it I don't know, it was my first realization that movies don't have to cost, you know, a hundred million dollars that you can make something cool and small and I mean, obviously you see that now when uh, everybody has a camera with them all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so cool. And it's, it, it gives an audience to the things that obviously wouldn't have an audience before. Um, now you can make <laughs> a little home movie as a teenager and it gets a million views, um, which is good and bad. Yeah. But, uh, but I just, yeah, I love, I love the cheesy movie stuff. I, I, uh, I met my husband, uh, and we bonded over cheesy movies. So, uh, yeah, he's a good guy. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we only met him for half a second, but uh, when we got our uh, photo taken with him at the Fan Expo, but he was really sweet and really took care to make sure that we were going to get a picture that, yeah. you know, turned out well. He was like, okay, so, okay, you stand here, you stand here. Cool hair, guys. This is awesome. You guys look fucking rad. <laughs> And he's like, oh, shirts, you're matching shirts. All right, okay, that's a Xena podcast. Oh, geez, all right. <laughs> but yeah, he was, like, you tell that he's done this like so many times and he's just so used to it. And like, he genuinely enjoys like this kind of stuff, like the fan thing. Yeah. And I think with people like him who are, like you said, he's in a lot of bad movies and a lot of B movies. So like, he does have a cult following, but it is still a cult following. Like, it's not massive. Like, he's, he probably could walk down the street and not get recognized. I mean, yeah, there's still people where I'll say Bruce Campbell and they're like, who? Yeah, even my yeah. mom was like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, Evil Dead, Army Darkness, Xena. And she's like, okay, cool. If he's on Xena, I'm sure you're very happy. What, what you haven't seen Burn Notice? <laughs> I've seen Burn Notice. I haven't seen Burn Notice. <laughs> I haven't seen Burn Notice. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's the thing. Like, he's, he's so, I think he's actually quite talented. Like, he's a super talented dude. I just don't think he's, like, maybe he doesn't want to get into, like, big Hollywood stuff. Maybe he's just happy doing his own thing. Yeah, he's he's a very good physical actor. Yeah. I think he, he got uh, roles from being able to beat himself up using his Evil Dead skills. <laughs> um, and uh, and I always like that. I studied physical acting. Um, and I, I think humor, I think slapstick humor, I think that can tell as much of a story as, you know, a crying scene. Mm -hmm. um, same as you know, action sequences. A good action sequence can you know, further a story as just as well as a, 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 a dramatic scene. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, think totally. that doesn't, it doesn't get as much credit. It's uh, because it's, it's silly. Um, but I think, and, and a lot of times it is too silly and a little too hokey maybe, mm -hmm. but I like that sort of thing. And there is definitely an audience for that sort of thing. Oh yeah. hundred percent. We just go to stop real quick and show you what the dog is doing right now. Oh She's yes. And she get in my lap and just move the camera down a little bit. 
She demanded to get my laugh, and then she'll do this thing where she'll like go rigor mortis and like flop back, and like oh. demand that I scratch her tummy. Like she is actually a nonsense dog. <laughs> she's she seems utter- perfectly compact and she, uh, lovely. I think she's falling asleep. She's she's utterly nuts. I don't know what to do with this dog, but she's helping us record. So yeah. here we go, getting a picture. <laughs> Pod dog. Pod, pod dog, dog and pod cat. Yeah. So so Bruce Campbell with his like all of his like physical acting abilities like he like when they, but they put the hump on him as like the, the hunchback in this episode i like he like a i love the voice he put on i was like i was like is it ronald reagan like what is this hell similar he has played <laughs> ronald reagan before yeah but like he like he could have like he could have really really like over overdone that like the hunchback and the walk and the limp and everything but he did it in a way that was like yeah this dude's got the hunchback and he limps a little bit but it wasn't like igor from like <laughs> young frankenstein it was just like this was pure comedy yeah and it wasn't you know obviously you make any kind of like oh i'm playing a disabled person yeah uh it wasn't that part of it wasn't played up for laughs which i appreciate yeah me Um, too because i was just yeah yeah silly when I first saw that he was doing like the hunchback thing I was like oh god how is this gonna go but it didn't make me angry so yeah what did make me laugh though was Lucy Lawless having like Fran Drescher (laughs) with the mole she was having a good time she was having a real good time with that whole thing and then it made me have a good time watching the episode yeah (laughs) and at the same time Renee with this like no consistent accents I'm just like did they give her a cue just be like pick a random sound and go with it for a couple (laughs) lines and then switch (laughs) (laughs) but again uh, yeah I mean white but i i didn't find that oh my god what who is she offending or who is she trying to offend by this accent it was yeah it was fine yeah it was was just a mishmash of something of five different things like you said yeah (laughs) and of course in true xena fashion like they have like middle eastern music as the captions for like one of the parties and i'm just like oh that's a broad that's broad spectrum you gotta (laughs) narrow that down I don't know. Yeah. One thing I did kind of, about the, the hunchback thing that was like, this is weird, is like the chick who was like, can I touch it? But can you tell me about your hump? Like, talk, let's talk about your hump. Yeah, there was a bit of like a disability fetish, yeah. fetish size, that, you know what I mean? Fetishization? But yes. Um, can't say that word apparently with that whole scene. <laughs> just like, Ugh. Yeah, she was like, can I touch your hump? Can I ask you questions? It's just like, no. That's, you know, sexualization aside, that's just... What it's like being disabled. Or That's true. Why do you have a cane? What's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> leave me alone. Leave me alone. And he acted, you know, as you do. I yeah. think for for every way to be, there's someone who's going to be gross about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that be our tagline for the episode. <laughs> no, you're right, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm also disabled, so I've gotten a lot of really stupid questions, and... It doesn't really bother me because I'm fairly chill, but it's also just like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't miss taking the bus every day because, uh, I mean, I wish I were more able right now, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Dear God, people. <laughs> and there's, there's an age thing, too. Like, we're all, like, I mean, we're not, like, young, but, like, we're younger than most people who would sure. look like they need canes. 
So like when I had my knee all mangled up and I was using a cane, like it wasn't like a big issue for me to like sit at the front of the bus and like people would offer me seats. And I was like, okay, this is fine. But like when I don't have anything visible wrong with me, but I'm still using a cane. It's like, why do you need a fucking cane? Like what's, what's wrong with you? It's just like, oh, yeah. why, why does it fucking matter? Like mm-hmm. I'm using a cane for obvious, like for a reason that does not fucking concern you. Oh yeah. No, I've, I've used a cane for about four years now. Uh, actively outside of the house um and it's amazing that people will you know see someone on a crutch with a broken leg um and you know bolt out of the seat but I've had people you know sneak into uh, it's a whole thing but uh but yeah people are uh needlessly cruel and needlessly uh nosy and it's just you know your question might not seem like a big deal but if it's the 50th time you've heard that in a day, yeah. then it's just exhausting. And, you know, nobody likes to be pointed at and saying, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, that just sucks. And, you know, a lot of times it's not a nice story. And it's not a story <laughs> I want to share with, you know, Mr. Random on the bus. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I've given people the full extent of, of my story just to fuck with them when they've asked me because... It is pretty horrific. I don't know how much I've mentioned on this podcast, but my entire left side is semi-paralyzed and I have a brain injury because my parents' bull mastiff went to town on my head when I was nine months old. And so, you know, most people don't expect that to be the to be the response and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then they get really upset and then it amuses me because they asked me. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Yeah, but you asked. Yeah, so, <laughs> what were you expecting? It's like, you oh, wanted to you know. know. I'm just faking it for, for, for the seat because just for the attention because I don't know about you but I've never I the amount of negative attention is uh, a mountain compared to the positive attention that you get on yeah. Yeah. as a disabled person uh-huh. <laughs> so do you, do you think that they could have done a better disguise like without the hump like did they or was that just something like this is going to make him all hunched over so he's not actually eye level no one can actually look at his face and realize who he is like I think I think it was mostly for the gag that he's got a lot of like cutlery and stuff that he's stolen. (laughs) And I think that's just a classic movie trope um, or TV trope. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a lot of, you know, tropes that involve disabled people that are awful. That one, you know, it's fine. It's a joke and it's, uh, it's not, this is what hunchbacks are. Um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just classic, you know, movie monster stuff and uh, goes along with that. And I think that's probably where the, where the, the you know, the script, where that goes. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it, someone put a ton of thought into, oh, this will be funny. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, it could be worse. Could have been worse. Oh, could be. I mean, could be so we're going to get into, into the season when they're in India soon. So I'm just like, that's going to be a fucking problem. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. We'll have a lot to say. Oh, yeah. Totally, you know, different question, I guess. So at some point, Atolicus is ready to go kill his brother's murderer, who is also the thief guy that he's up against in the episode. And Xena stops him. But do you think that he really would have gone ahead with killing this guy if she hadn't stopped him? I think if they hadn't written it like that, 
I think what it would have been done was he almost does and then goes, oh, you're not worth it or something like that. I think you can't, I don't think you could have told that story and to have him end up dead at the end of it. Uh, so I, I don't think you just story-wise, I don't think that's what happened. What would have happened is, uh, you know, end with a death just because that, that sucks. And that takes away from a lot of the show. Anytime that does happen in Xena, it's, you know, it's, Callisto, you know, drowns in a sand dune or something, and yeah. that's, you know, a big deal for episodes to come. Um, it, it, <laughs> the morality of killing someone in cold blood is iffy in Xena. Um, yeah. And I think the definition of killing someone in cold blood is iffy in a lot of shows, mm-hmm. where it's, you know, <laughs> I, you see that in a lot, a lot of things where it's, uh, you know, the bad guy is in between the hero and 50 other of their lackeys and the hero kills 50 of their lackeys and then decides no you're not worth worth it to kill <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where it's like obviously you know people are just doing their job but they're you know working for the evil guy and probably not a good person and probably you know i'm, I'm not a violent person but in you know story wise they probably deserved what they got um but it's always so interesting to see that. And you see like Batman where it's like, you know, he, he doesn't kill, but he will break your back. Um, yeah. But I, so I think, you know, narrative wise, I don't, I don't think he would have ended up um, dead. I think the purpose of having Xena stop him is just to show how far Xena's come mm-hmm. in that, you know, she, you know, and all the flashbacks and all the, uh, the, the stuff with Xena's past and evil Xena, I think, it just, yeah, it goes to show how, how much she's changed and how much, you know, she wants other people to change. She wants Autolycus to be better and she's has a hand in making him better. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's hopeful. It's good and it's uh, <laughs> hopeful. Um, but uh, yeah, and it, and it is a good contrast to, and it, it, yeah, to the next episodes with hope where it's uh, yeah. uh, less, less hopeful. I, I had a random thought about Batman when you mentioned he'll break your back but won't kill you. Um, considering Batman is set in the States and they have terrible health care, um, killing someone is probably like the better option in terms of like finances. So if Batman like breaks someone's back and they're paralyzed, like the medical bills are going to fucking face. <laughs> like that's harsh, Batman. Like these people are going to be bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. And you'd think a millionaire would be, uh, be more useful to society. Uh, but uh... As we've seen, the super rich are not usually the best at doing that, or at least, no. you know, I, I, I think a lot of people want something tangible to fight, especially this year. Um, you see yeah. that a lot, you know, if I, if I can't, you know, fight the bad guys to win this whole area, or, you know, uh, our whole life here, um, then I'm going to find something to fight against, and whether it's, you know, not wearing a mask or you know beating up punks in an alley that you know in the grand scheme of things it's probably not the best um i don't know that's an easier thing to tackle than making actual change maybe yeah yeah <laughs> so that man i mean uh, is a hero and uh but a, i there's a lot of gray areas with Batman, whereas, like, with, like, Xena, like, she, it's so black and white, like, she was evil, now she's on the redemption arc, so it's, like, mm-hmm. but she's still, like, like you said about, you know, killing lackeys or whatever, she does a lot of that, too, mm-hmm. 
she i mean the amount of people that she takes out in the average episode is like quite a few actually (laughs) without much thought yeah i think if that chakram hits you in the head there's a good chance you're dead yeah yeah i also you mentioned Callisto. i had a random thought when i was watching the episode which is that xena is to Callisto kind of what this tarsus guy is to yeah. autolycus and then i guess caesar was kind of to xena you know in that role as well um they they seem to have a lot of focus in the show on like this really big event or impactful person sort of making you who you are which is i don't know it's, it's just interesting yeah it's it shows like for me that seems like um, it's not necessarily like you're born evil or you're born good. It's like something happens to you. And it's like this chain reaction. So that yeah. like, even if like, like Callisto, like lived in a very like nice chill village from what it seems like. And then something horrible happened and that trauma triggered a response in her to go be full, like crazy psycho villain <laughs> forever. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's the nature versus nurture, but I think nurture is a huge part of Xena. And yeah. it's, you know, we have to do this together. And we have to, yeah, take care of each other. Yeah, um, it's a huge focal point. It's just, yeah, it just really struck me when I was watching the episode. I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of a pattern. <laughs> yeah. And I think another pattern of the show too, and I mean, the pattern is more like it's a theme. Like it's like, it's like the theme is, is love. Like love will win out. Like so, you know, even with Autolycus, with all of the stealing, like he's not going to steal from people who don't deserve it in his eyes. Zena's going to go after people who are bad, but she's also, in the same time, she's going to go and try to right the wrong she's done in the past. And then she wants to do this because she wants to make amends and she genuinely cares. Yeah. So at the core of it, like, love is is the big thing. Which is super sappy and gay to say. (laughs) (laughs) That's the show. That's the show. It's like love and swords. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, it's nice to see, especially, I mean, there's so many different tv shows out there and there's so many different good stuff and bad stuff but i think and it's you know it's, it's the times that we live in and the times in the last 20 years that we've lived in and you know it's it's changed so much and you see it goes through phases of you know whatever it takes we will do you know whatever it takes to kill the bad guy and i i would much prefer we will do whatever it takes to take care of each other, regardless of bad guys. Um, and not to say we don't kill the bad guy in the end, um, but, you know, we have to rely on each other. We have to take care of each other. And I, I love shows where that is the focus. And that is, um, you know, I, I'd much rather see, you know, a predictable show where, oh, they did get together at the end, or, oh, they did, you know, you know love one out the day i need that right now yeah we don't need shows i, I am you know obviously the cops are, are you know a high contention subject right now but i i don't ever want to see a show about a bad cop that breaks the rules um and does mm-hmm. whatever it takes you know if i if i have to watch a cop on tv then i want it to be someone who does go by the book and who is you know a good person at the end of the day and I don't think it's responsible to keep making shows where you know I, I can't watch Lethal Weapon I, I hate I mean obviously Mel Gibson is a, is a <laughs> huge ass um, but I, I, I'm tired of shows where the asshole gets to do whatever he wants and oh it shows he was nice to somebody at the end 
you know, I, 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 I'd much rather see if you're going to show me an asshole to work, have them work through issues rather than just, oh, well, you know, he's not that bad. Or that's the way he is. That's oh, the way well. he is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, none of that. No, no more of that. Uh, yeah. So I've been watching a lot of cartoons lately, I think, because of that. Yeah. Um, which, which is good. And it, it, it's nice to see that there's a lot of people out there that understand that. Yeah. Um, you watch something like She-Ra where love does save the day. And that's, that's wonderful. Um, we just watched uh, Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, which is a beautiful show. Um, and, you know, back to Xena where they had to tiptoe around, you know, saying, oh, can't say the word lesbian or anything like that, <laughs> where in a show like this or, uh, or she or somewhere like that, where it's just, it's fine. It's not a tragedy. It's not, you know, the worst thing in the world. It just is where there's, you know, a gay character and that's, it's, it's fine. And the uh, Every time I see it, it makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, with, with like with she, like, I fucking love Shira. I was I was watching season five again last night. Like I am mm-hmm. a fucking zest because um, I was with as a kid. Like I had the castle, I had the action figures, I had like the Swift Wind, like I had everything. So part of me is like, this is so good. There's no need to even say like these characters are queer. Even though Noella said like, if I make a character, just assume they're queer unless otherwise stated in canon. Um, part of me though is still just like why can't you just say like yes like have one of them say something like yes I'm gay or like yes I'm queer or something on the show yeah (laughs) that's (laughs) but at the same time I'm like it's such a non-issue like having double trouble come out and it was just like automatic they them pronouns and like don't be bad at night it was like this is just how it is and then when Catra says she doesn't want me the way I want her I was crying on the floor in the puddle (laughs) Um, (laughs) but also like that was just like, okay, that is the confession of love and the, the obvious queerness. Did it need to be said? So I'm, I'm like, I'm going back and forth on this. Like, I'm kind of torn. Like, I would still want to have that, like, this is a queer character, but also like, this is like the gayest fucking show on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'd, um, we were talking about, you know, J.K. Rowling. Uh, have you seen a show called The Owl House? Another animated show? No. Um, really good um, by one of uh, the creator was someone who worked on Gravity Falls, um, but if you're looking for, uh, you know, a witch, a witch school that doesn't have any of that baggage, then that's a good <laughs> show. And um, one of the characters, uh, one of the female characters, is uh, has a huge crush on the the main character, and you see that in the last couple episodes, and it just it just hit me because it's it's not. I'm going to get beat up if this comes out. It's, oh my God, she's going to know if I like her. Um, <laughs> now that you're talking about it, I think I read something about it on Autostraddle, which does not surprise no, me. Not surprise me. <laughs> it's, it's worth checking out. And okay. it's, it, it's nice to be in a show where it's not like, you're not worried, you know, it's not queer baby where it's like, oh, they will, they will never get together. And it's just a, a whole thing. It's, um, it just is. Mm-hmm. And that's refreshing. That's refreshing to see it just as part of the show. One of the characters just outright says, oh, I, I, I don't feel like uh, that way about you because I'm gay. And it was just like, oh! <laughs> that's and awesome. in the next episode, there's a dream sequence where he barfs rainbows, and it's just like, <laughs> 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 
Um, so yeah, uh, good, good shows. Are they on Netflix? Yes. Okay, we're definitely gonna find or, those. Um, Hippo is. Okay. And it uh, it stars the same voice actor who does Glimmer as the main character. Oh, oh nice. sweet. Okay, cool. Cool. I will definitely so, check yeah, that out. Music's great. The character design is fantastic. Um, I didn't mean to go off on this for too long, but I don't have much else going on right now. <laughs> I mean, do we? <laughs> no. We've just been watching horror movies like it's our fucking job. We've been watching a lot of movies. A lot of a lot of 90s movies where <laughs> we we both have movies that we saw in the video store that we were like, hmm, I wonder if that's any good and never ended up watching. Um, so we watched My Boyfriend's Back and so I married an axe murderer and uh, <laughs> really uh, not great movies. <gasps> oh but, my uh, god, I forgot about My Boyfriend's Back. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it's that. It's so weird. That it's... one is weird. That's the, the zombie one, Zombie Boyfriend? Or is yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a confusing movie. But, uh, yes, we've been watching movies of that caliber lately, and I gotta say, it's nice. A lot of, oh, we watched, um, Night at the Museum, which was very cute. Um, we watched National Treasure, which is bad. <laughs> Again, one of those, one of those shows where it's, um, and, and I've said this before, that if you make a lovable asshole, the lovable has to outweigh the asshole. Yeah. And that's how you get, you know, uh, a Han Solo versus a, um, whatever Jurassic World was trying to do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Agreed. Uh, or yeah, Autolycus, lovable asshole. Yes, more lovable than asshole. It's, yeah. yeah, that's my formula for uh, writing a good character, a good sarcastic character. Yep. I think you're onto something. 100% there. Yeah. there. <laughs> If you have if you have Shutter, uh, definitely recommend Host. That scared the living shit out of me. And it's like it harkens back to what we were talking about before, where you can make something really cool without you know a huge budget because yeah. it's it, like it's it's a movie set during the pandemic and it's all over Zoom. Mm. Okay. So it was filmed. It was filmed during lockdown in London, like the first one, and like it's just the the director um, they they did Zoom calls to like teach the cast how to do stunts. So like all the stunts they do are themselves for the most part and like stuff they've rigged up themselves. And like, it's what, like it's under an hour. It's the budget was like, like $10,000, something crazy. It was so small. And it literally, I sat here shaking after it. I was like that, nope, no, 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 no. I hate all of this, it's terrifying. I love it. Fucking love this. Yeah, I think that might be a, Andrew watches it without me. <laughs> That's fair, pass that on to Andrew. Yeah, like, tell I, Andrew. I, I don't think I'm in the mental state to handle stuff like that right now. I mean, I like, I like, I like some horror movies. We named yeah. our cat after a horror movie, but uh, oh, we watched Up, not Up, Us. Very different. Oh, uh, I love oh, very us. very different. <laughs> us, which um, I don't love the like intense horror movies, but um, Andrew, my husband, said you have to watch this. Lupita Nyong'o's performance is amazing. You're gonna, you have to watch this. And I agree, she's the best, one of the best actors in our generation. Yeah. Um, but, oh boy, nightmares after that one. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying to Sarah, actually, that we should watch that again, because yeah. we've watched it once and it stuck with me so strongly. And I would love to go back and watch it again now that I sort of know the yeah. twist and- Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's better watching the second time. Yeah. Maybe it'll do that tomorrow after. Yeah. Yeah. The dog is getting spayed tomorrow, so I feel like we'll have a very calm evening. So. Oh. 
Maybe we'll have some beer and watch us tomorrow. Yeah. Traumatize the poor dog. I know, poor thing. All right, so I feel like we've we've talked for like an hour, and I I have no more notes, so. (laughs) I guess, any final thoughts on Vanishing Act? Um, Oh, right, we were talking about Xena, huh? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, I think there's room in the world for campy TV shows. And you see a lot more of that in animated stuff now. But I think um, there's a show on Quibi that we watched with Paula Pell, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's a detective show and it's goofy as hell. um, And that's really good. And I think there's, there's room for slapstick. There's room for stuff like that out there. And I think people need it. And I, th- I think people need the arts more than anyone will ever understand. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Especially now, I think it's it's so important to recognize the arts. Um, and yeah, let your actors have fun. <laughs> and that, you know, people will glom onto that and people will still talk about that 20 years down the road. Agreed. I think so, yeah. yeah. If, you, if we can tell you're having fun, we're having fun watching it. <laughs> all right well thank you very much jamie it's always awesome to have you on I'm, we're gonna have you on again because it's us and like awesome. why wouldn't we <laughs> thank you for listening to my rambling i appreciate that do you do you want to plug your cat's instagram because your cat is very famous on tumblr and you want to give a shout out or if people want to follow you on yeah. your cool nail art on instagram <laughs> yeah if you like nail polish uh, i am jamie j-a-i-m-e 8585 on instagram and twitter uh, if you like uh <laughs> yeah instagram for nails uh, Twitter for complaining about my back. Um, <laughs> my cat's Instagram is McCready and the thing um, from the horror movie, the thing. Um, so I don't flood my own Instagram with cat pictures. Um, and uh, I started a new Instagram recently called sort price high to low, which is just me looking at the bed, bath and beyond website and laughing at the incredibly expensive things there. Um, fucking fantastic oh my god i didn't realize i didn't know what that was i saw you follow the account today and i blocked it because i thought it was spam oh no <laughs> sorry i'll follow i'll follow it now there we go. can i unblock on yes, instagram you can, you can okay unblock, yes. okay i'll do <laughs> i didn't actually look at the account i just saw the name and i was like that must be spam <laughs> The first one is uh, Carved Solutions Gem Collection Joy Candles. That is a very stupid name for the candles. Two sixty four ninety nine. That is Three fucking candles. stupid. That is fucking stupid. Yeah, it it, it makes me laugh because obviously I, I I'm super broke right now, but I do like I've I've never sorted high to low before, and it was just no. like a a nice jaunt into a world that I am not a part of. <laughs> <laughs> who, who has? two thousand dollars to spend on an end table and goes to bed bath and beyond to do it so uh that is a very good question makes no sense that's me there oh, is I'm a also... podcast waiting to happen find the people sure. who buy these things at bed bath and beyond to talk to them <laughs> why why do you do this what why did you do this and why didn't you just give the money to me yeah, <laughs> yeah really. the whole podcast is me trying to trap people into giving me money i like I, it i would support I like that it. i, I like would support it. that 100 yeah. percent uh oh yeah i'm also on youtube i haven't put up a video in four years but again jamie 8585 um if you want to see some old ukulele videos uh my microphone is broken everything's broken but uh, including myself but someday (laughs) 
We'll get back to it. <laughs> awesome. And you can always find us, WBB underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us, WBB podcast one at Gmail. Um, and you're going to probably see some pictures of Pod Dog <laughs> at some point because we have one now. Because I can't stop taking pictures of Pod Dog. It's impossible. She's too <laughs> cute. So cute. And her name is Lucy. So it works out. <laughs> she right. a little shock room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paint the cone after she gets spayed. <laughs> mom was like, do you, do you have a Xena costume for it for Halloween? I was like, oh, well, now I have a fucking project to do, Mom. Thanks. <laughs> Put a bunch of stickers on the cone, at least. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll definitely brand the cone. <laughs> All right, dude. Monetize thank you so much. Dog. Yeah, advertise. <laughs> mon- hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dude, thank you so much. We super appreciate you chatting so with us great again. To talk to you guys. <laughs> It's honestly, every time you're on our podcast, I'm just like, this is one of the best ones we've done in a long time. Like, Aww. it's so great. And they always get tons of listens. So it's yeah. just like, yeah. Well, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good night, dude. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.